Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Seize the Day with Jim and Winston, and in honor of Gordie Howe, the great Canadian, we present our ninth episode. And today's topics are uh, really interesting and relevant to the time of year. Winston, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today, Jim, um, first of all, I, I, I wanted to send your thanks for thinking of Gordie Howe there. Um, you know, growing up in Canada, which... Um, is it, hockey is such a big thing. I mean, he he was quite the role model. I gotta say, um, you know, I'm not even a huge hockey fan, but uh, I'm I'm big enough to know the name Gordy Howe and who isn't almost right. Um, today we got some really good topics uh, that, that Jim and I want to talk about, um, and on the on the cusp of vacation season, we're going to talk about um, vacations and whether it's restful or stressful. <laughs> and uh, another topic we'll talk about is um, preparation versus skill. And then a couple of topics that Jim came up with there. Um, Jim, what do you got for the next two after that? Well, you know, we're just going to look at something you might do on your vacation. That's time not to think, time just to be. Yeah, that's And uh, that's most typically had in a staycation. And what's that about? Yeah, no, I, I agree. These are going to be, it's going to be an action-packed vacation uh, episode today. And uh, we're happy to share our thoughts with you. And hopefully that'll raise a couple of, and good thoughts for yourself as well. So we'll start her off there, Jim. We'll talk about vacations for this uh, month of June here. What, what yeah, vacations uh, is something everybody looks forward to. And, you know, they can be times where you're, you're going to take care of, uh, maybe I'm presenting this wrong, but, you know, a bucket list idea. You're, you're going to go to uh, Paris for a few weeks and, and see what uh, you know that part of the world has to hold, and and see all those monumental things from the Eiffel Tower to uh, you know what Paris looks like along the Seine, and you know all those all those things that make it such a uh, um, iconic place. Yeah, you know, I think back to some of our, our our best vacations, and they weren't necessarily the ones where um, we did a lot. It, sometimes it could just be a vacation where you're just kind of um, exploring but at, at a leisurely pace because in a way you know you got to look at what your purpose is when you go away is it to add more stress to your life or is it to add a little bit of flavor you know yeah you know we had the opportunity eight years ago to go to Italy for almost three weeks mm -hmm. and you know we as with any vacation like that there's going to be a lot of planning and preparation that, that goes into it mm -hmm. and you know there's a fellow by the name of Rick Steves Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He presents a you know a travel program on PBS and things like that, and and you know he had a thing where Italy in seventeen days, and he you know it's like he had this great big list of things, and he was racing from destination to destination to tick all these things off. And, but he never, I don't think he ever really got to appreciate any one of those locations because it was you know such a regimented uh, you know sort of a. A process or or, or time, mm -hmm. and you know, so that's one of the things we talked about. So we chose on four places to go, mm -hmm. and desired to spend some more time in each of those places, as opposed to you know seeing a different hotel room every night. And and you can always, you know, I shouldn't say always, but you have the potential of being able to go back if there's things you think you missed. Yeah. And you know what? And I also think that, you know, from traveling a bit, um, I've also thought that it's okay to leave a few things behind for the next trip. You know, I mean, 
it, it, we can't always, it's, just, it's like trying to eat once and for all. You can't really do it. You got to eat every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I had the experience, uh, oh, way back and uh, I went in the fall of 1988 and I got back. I was gone just about nine months and I spent that time in Australia and about five weeks in New Zealand. And the New Zealand portion was kind of sandwiched in the middle. Middle, I had a ticket that allowed me to go there and return. And, and I was really just a traveler. I, I worked a fair bit while I was gone and all that. But, you know, you, you kind of just woke up every day and thought, oh, you know, what am I going to do today? <laughs> and, you know, during the work times there, you know, I, I managed to work for a bricklayer and in, in a flour mill and for a, a house builder and in a card shop, both setting up their shop and then uh, pulling orders and completing inventory and things like that. They were all fun jobs because you knew you weren't going to be doing them for a lifetime. Yeah, I I know it's um that's interesting. You know that you should mention that. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> I think about uh, things sometimes, and um, you know when we when we plan, we we spend more time planning vacations sometimes than we plan our retirement, right? <laughs> <laughs> Certain potential there, you bet. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so, you know, on the eve of this thing, and, uh, you know, I think part of the reason we brought this up is because it is vacation season, and I am planning a trip out there, uh, out, out into Europe. And um, and we were talking about um, also another aspect of vacations, uh, preparing for them. And then the idea of talking about preparation versus skill came up um, about how sometimes in order to have the best luck, you have to be the most prepared, you know? Yeah, I, you know, I've heard an old saying that uh, the uh, luck is the meeting of preparation and skill. Yeah. So and you can't put yourself into those lucky circumstances if if you haven't if you have no skill and you you you're, everything is flown by the seat of your pants. You have no preparation. Yeah, and let me share with you an example I saw on TV recently. I was watching this episode of. Um, uh, you know, um, so you think he can dance, uh, in the children junior version for kids that are under like, I think they're under 12 or 13. And it was really quite amazing to me. Um, you had been moved by what I saw on TV too. There's this, this, um, uh, girl and boy that were, uh, a dance couple and they're probably about, you know, 10, 11, 12. And, um, they didn't have a very good audition for the first run. Uh, they did pretty well, but not well enough to pass through at first. Right. And, um, you know, the judges stopped them on stage and said, you know, I'm sorry, it doesn't look like this year will be your year, right, to get through. And then the the girl with that, that strong, determined attitude says, you know, wait, 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 you know, um, myself, my partner, we've worked so hard to be here. And like, for example, my partner, he lost over 25 pounds to, to get to this moment, just to even audition. And, and this is coming from like a 10, 11, 12 year old, right? And she says, please, yeah. please, can we have another chance to show you something else? And the judge and the judges were so moved that she was so hungry, that she wanted it so bad, that they gave them another chance to dance. And sure enough, the second time they danced, they danced something that was more in their, their genre, their theme. And um, they got put through. And then the judge said, you know, I love your attitude. The reason why we're putting you through is because you wanted it and, and good for you for asking for what you wanted rather than just sitting back and taking what life delivered to you. 
Yes, but they also, you can ask for things that you haven't prepared for and they're likely not going to come to you. So Exactly. That's yeah. how we come back to our preparation versus skill. They were prepared with another piece and they were prepared to ask. They were, they were hungry enough that like, if they didn't have the skill, it wouldn't have mattered. If they weren't prepared um, and they hadn't put in their time, then it wouldn't have mattered if they begged for another chance. But the fact that they had something up um, from all their practice and preparation, you could see the difference when they, they were that hungry, you know? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> there's this little bit of a joke, and it goes, uh, it, it sort of ties into this. And this, this old gentleman, Saul, has been praying his whole life to win the lottery. And, um, you know, finally God answers his prayers, and he says to him, Saul, meet me halfway, buy a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta put in your time, man. I yeah, yeah. So you know, there's a little bit of uh, destiny control in that. That you know, you have to do a little work to it too, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I remember hearing that parable. It's funny because it's like you know, you can't expect to win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. That's right. <laughs> you know, it makes it pretty darn difficult. I can see how the clouds would be opening and they're yelling down at you if you don't even do it. <laughs> so I think that's where we're thinking about preparation and skill. We're in the same level. And I think, you know, our listeners out there, um, they're probably thinking, how does that apply in their life? Well, you know, if you look around and you, you see um, how prepared you are for certain situations, um, at some point there becomes an artistry level where it becomes skill. Like, for example, you know, the first time you um, learn to drive, you're, you're somewhat in the me mediocre level of skill. <laughs> Uh, but you, you're, you're somewhat, even to go for the first ride, you're prepared though. You, you go out there trying to, um, you know, get, make sure you got your license, got the L in the back, um, you get yourself in the mental framework that you got to stay focused and attention. I mean, that part of that preparation is part of how you develop a skill so that it becomes automatic in the next time you drive. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give you a, a personal example of, of that too. You know, long, long time ago, I, uh, you know, I, I skied all through you know, school as a kid, but I never got all that good at it because I was out doing other things. And, and then, you know, as a young adult, 19, 20, 21, I, I had some opportunity to, and oh, probably up to about 25, I had lots of opportunity to ski at that time. Mm -hmm. So I always struggled powder skiing and, and uh, <clears throat> picked up a, a Ski Canada magazine and read an article on how to get better at powder ski. Mm. So basically, you know, you do, um, you start off by, you know, jumping and turning 90 degrees and then 180 and 270 and 360. And the whole idea is to teach you to keep your center of mass in the center. Mm. It's, it was about balance training is what it was about. Mm, nice. So, you know, so I went through the whole fall doing this and, and then finally got skiing and yeah, a good powder day came up. So I, Holy cow, that really worked. <laughs> no, I, and I had success. So, you know, it was that preparation that took me to a different level in powder skiing. Oh, great. Wow. So, you know, you had to do a little research and you had to do a little effort and, you, and all that sort of stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and then to, you know, the, then to be able to uh, enjoy that, you know, what powder skiing offers because you're not struggling in it is, is you know, it, it, it was just fabulous. They couldn't have wiped the smile off my face for about a week. Wow, that's something, man. 
and and you're you're good at smiling already. Yeah. <laughs> so for a week, that that's gonna be perma smile for sure. You got it. <laughs> you know, which, which kind of brings me to our thought about um, staycations. You know, and um, aside from having to go away and, and go through the hubbub of the flights, the packing, the preparation. I mean, I'm thinking even for myself, even plan for my vacation. It feels like I have to plan a vacation to plan my vacation because <laughs> um, you know you got to get all your phones arranged. You got neighbors. We got the um, people taking care of our dog, the house, everything, right? And, um, I mean, there's so much effort that you don't realize you're doing little things just to get ready to enjoy yourself, only to come back to hopefully have a few days to recover from your vacation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, let's talk about a, a staycation there, Jim. Like, what does that mean to you? Well, a staycation means, um... Obviously, you might plan one or two events in it or or whatever, but basically you're just going to take time not so much to think, but time to just be. So, you know, you may go do something in your own backyard that you've always wanted to do, and wow, now I've got time to do it, and the weather's nice, or, you know, whatever like that, and, um, and maybe it means you're going to get that book read, or you're going to spend some time with your guitar, or you're going to you know, have, um, ignore the alarm and just get up in the morning and have your cup of coffee and just see what the day brings. And you know what the beautiful part about staycation that I love? You're away from things, but if there's an emergency, you can still get at it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we hope there aren't any, but... <laughs> yeah, I know. You try to avoid that situation, but realistically speaking, there's always something that comes up. And you know, those little tiny things that you're able to access are quite comforting versus having to, you know, search for Wi-Fi or internet in a, in a foreign place or not having the tools or the files that you need in the, in the rare moment. I mean, I've, I've, you know, I've had a few staycations. They usually don't last longer than a few days, honestly, because you're, you're in your creature comfort zone. But then when you try to actually access uh, that um, away time, I find it hard to really be away unless I had a little cabin nearby kind of thing. But staycation would be more like home base type thing uh, most of the time. Yeah, I've had some pretty unique staycations, you know, quite a long time ago, you know, at least 20 years ago. And, uh, you know, you're off. Friends get together, you go, you know, you can go up to Lackup Mountain Lookout, which is at about 7,900 feet in the, in the uh, Rockies, and you get quite a view for the amount of effort you put in, you know, from where you park your vehicle to the top is, depending on fitness level, can be from a half an hour to an hour, mm -hmm. and you come back down, and then you head out to a lake and have a swim, come back and have a barbecue, and you do that all in the same day. Yeah. <laughs> No kidding, eh? So, you know, obviously, you know, depends where you live to be able to do those sorts of things. But I think every backyard presents the option to have days like that. Mm. You know, yeah. may not be going up a mountain or anything like that, but, you know, certainly uh, there's all sorts of options with those things. Yeah, no, I agree. Um I, I think about um, taking the time off sometimes, and that's, I think sometimes I go away, or maybe some of us go away to sort of get a change of scenery too, because we're so an uh, on autopilot of seeing everything we see around us that we almost have to go away to even notice things that are different. Yeah, good point. You know, 
it's, it's, and sometimes that takes a longer period of time. I remember, uh, you know, I went out and worked in Toronto for eight or nine months and came back and wow, I just could not believe how spectacular the mountains were. Yeah. You, you forget about those little things until you don't see them, right? Yeah. You know, in, in my area where I live, I, I'm always, I'm like, I'm on, <laughs> often amazed by how many big trees we have in this area. And then, you know, we're so close to the water, like we can get access to the beach or we can get access to the mountains so quickly. And people come from all over the world to get access to these things. And you really don't appreciate how valuable they are or how precious they are until you go to a place that doesn't have them. Um, I remember traveling to Alberta and also traveling out further where it was just like such a flat run. And I, I thought to myself, man, there's really no highs and lows here. You know, just straight away. And, I, and to me, it was like, oh, that's fine. It's a nice change. But I was, I was driving for a couple hours and I was thinking, man, if the scenery doesn't change soon, it'll feel like I'm going to the end of the earth here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, we, you, we, we used to go back uh, every summer to Manitoba when I was a kid because that's where my mom was from. Uh-huh. So, uh, and in doing that, you realize a few things. Like, obviously, it's you, you drive on and on and on, and the horizon is the same all the time. Mm -hmm. But the sunsets last forever, and if you've ever been in... In the prairies, you know, you'll see fireflies at night and all sorts of other things. So, you know, there's there's gems there too. Yeah, like you can you can see, uh, you can um, really appreciate things uh, when you're away, just to sort of see the contrast sometimes. And it's funny, you know, I'm sure we all have these experiences where we have people visiting um, our area, and then it's like the things that we take for granted are the things they most want to see, right? Yes, exactly. It's crazy. I'm sure if you live near the Niagara Falls out east. You know, most visitors want to see that, and you may or may not accompany your guests to go see those things. I know I'm going out to um, um, in Toronto around that area later this year in September, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I want to go see that. And where my friend who lives there is like, oh man, another person who wants to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> and they understand because it is one of those wonders of the world, but I can imagine after the 20th time, they kind of lose a little bit of the sheen there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just before I moved back from Toronto to, to Cranbrook, I, I took, I don't know, three or four days and did a little, little tour around Southern Ontario. And I started down in, uh, in the Niagara area. Mm, okay. So <clears throat> take some time to explore Niagara on the lake. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And there's, I think it's called the Niagara Parkway and it's about three or four kilometers of road. It could be a little bit longer than that, Winston, but there's a canopy of trees that go right over that give you the impression that you're in a tunnel. Oh, really? It's wow. really cool little drive. You know, it only takes 10 or 15 minutes at the most, right? Yeah, so what's it called? Is it called the Niagara Forest? I think it's called the Niagara Parkway. But okay. if you if you go to Niagara on the lake and then head to Niagara Falls, it's pretty hard to miss that road. Oh, okay. Let's take a look here. Uh, the beautiful part of... Uh, the internet while we're talking is I can Google it and I do find a picture of the Niagara Parkway which is quite remarkable. <laughs> and, and actually, yeah, it's amazing actually. I'm just yeah, it's a neat little town, lots of heritage homes. Yeah, really pretty. Things like that. I, you know, I think uh, Niagara on the Lake is also the location of uh, a battle between, um, uh, well, it would have been 
potentially the British at the time, we'll call it Canadian forces, mm-hmm. and the U.S. In, in the War of 1812 that Canada won and beat back the, the Americans. So well, there's a little cool. historic bent there too. Man, uh, it's Jim the historian as well. Man, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I think um, what I enjoy most about our uh, our uh, podcasts and talks is that we get a chance to sort of get a timestamp of where we where we were going and where we are, and uh, it's great to share that with other people. Even if you know, even if this just reaches ten or fifteen people, we've made some level of impact. Hopefully, that has helped somebody enjoy their drive a little bit more to work or perhaps let them kick back and relax and enjoy their vacation a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Just, oh, you know, on the staycation side, mm-hmm. um, you know, a vacation, you know, a, a big one, it, it can be, a, you know, something that you have to plan financially for too. True. Right. Um, the staycation, not so much. <laughs> so yeah. You, you, you don't come home with vacation regret. <laughs> I know, I know, and you know, for example, uh, on my upcoming trip, I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening over in Europe right now from, um, you know, potential um, riotous acts by soccer fans, and <laughs> you name it, it's there, right? You know, like from um, garbage strikes to transit strikes and stuff, but you know what, I thought, I can focus all on the negative all I want, but at the end of the day, I'm already booked in, so I better put on that seatbelt and rip rocking. <laughs> just kind of make well, the mo- most of what I got, you know? Yeah, there's always plan B, right? Yeah, and it, it's important to sort of just, you know, see the forest for the trees um, and not get not dwell on the stuff that's not working. Because in life, you know, there's always somebody in the uh, going to a party that's having a good time, and there's always somebody mumbling in the corner that hates the place, right? <laughs> and, I, and I thought, who do I want to be today? You know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah, and it's all perspective. It is. It's all about perspective. And, you know, at the same party that you're despising, there's somebody getting proposed to or married. <laughs> so they're I thought... They're having the time of their life. Yeah, they're having the time of their life. But it's because of their, their focus, what they're looking for. They're not, not because of the party's any different. It's just which part of the party they're focusing on. So such is life, you know. If you, you spend all your time in your life focusing on all the things that are going wrong, you'll sure enough find them because I think our minds are smart enough to find the things that we focus on, right? Yes, you know, yeah. and uh, I, I figure it's a conscious choice we have to make to focus on things that are uplifting and positive, and that's why we seize the day, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have anything else to add before we wrap this episode of Seize the Day for June 2016? Vacation, staycation, whatever you're taking this year, have fun. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Jim. Um, our last episode was more on vacation versus rest. This is more on a because it's such a big topic for us, we thought we'd bring this back and, and really drill it home. But it was a more of a, a slant, more on the preparation versus the skill and um, having time to think. So take it for what it is and I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in July, eh, Jim? You bet. All right. So on behalf of Jim and Winston out here and in tribute to Gordy Howe, <laughs> we, we sign off for... June 2016 and we'll see you at the next one.